This is episode 24 of The Kingdom Is Here. If you're listening to this, um, chances are you are part of a church somewhere and you have a church family, church leadership. You identify with being a church attendee. A lot of language wrapped up within that whole notion and that idea of church and understanding that now in the day that we're in presently and moving forward, many of the walls of the church are starting to crumble and fall down in a good way. Things are opening up and expanding and it's not a matter of compromise. It's a matter of the kingdom of God growing within us. It's a matter of us fulfilling the purpose of why we are called not to put up walls all around us, but to tear walls down, to save people from those broken, corrupt systems, and to introduce them into the kingdom of God. That might be a little bit to wrap our heads around, so let's see where this goes. This is Nathan Kirk, and I have really good news. The concept of the church and the kingdom of God work obviously hand in hand. The church itself is not the kingdom of God, but it is a vehicle and a tool and the method by which we expand his kingdom here on earth. I won't go into all of the ideas surrounding that, at least not today, but one of the thoughts that I think is so important is that in the New Testament, the way that the kingdom of God spread was through people. That was the primary spreading of the message in the kingdom of God and the growth of the church. It was through people. While there were, I'm sure, um, many opportunities for divine intervention, it was always people that God chose to share the message of truth and to inform others of it as well. It was his people that he gave the promise to in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. He says, after you receive the Holy Ghost, you will have power. And that power is not just to keep to yourself, but it's to be a witness to me in your surrounding area and eventually all over the world. It's this notion that his message spreads through people. And that's what he chooses to do. And that's been that way since the very beginning. The kingdom of God has always operated in that manner. And while there are moments of, let's say, angelic visitations and things of that nature, he uses people to do this work. And if you're a part of the kingdom, if you've been brought into the kingdom, born into the kingdom, you're born into this kingdom not to simply live and try to survive. You're born in to thrive, really, and then also to share with others, to introduce them to it and to bring them into it. In Genesis, this is kind of where we find the beginnings of this promise. It's in Genesis, and it's in chapter 12 that is a promise that God has with Abraham. Of course, Abram at the time, but this is Abraham, and, and the Lord speaks to him 
kind of like, imagine this is like one of your first conversations, maybe your very first conversation with the Lord. And he says, um, get out of your country, leave your family, get out of the protection of your father's house, um, go to a land that I will show you. It's like, I don't even know where that is, but we just go and, and I'll show you. He goes on to say, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. So he gives him this promise that says you are going to be a blessing. And out of you, you're going to be a great nation. But it doesn't just stop there. It says, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That is a universal promise that is not just given to one group of people. It's not just given to in, in a protected class. He's saying that I'm going to do a work in you and with this work that I'm doing in you, you are going to be blessed in what I do. But you're being blessed so that you can in turn be a blessing. And not only that, but through you, all of the nations of the world, all the families, every people group of the world, the entire earth will be blessed. That's a lot to wrap your mind around. I mean, imagine being Abraham, of course, and trying to think through that one a little bit. Let's fast forward because we are we're part of this promise. We've inherited or we've been grafted into this promise. This isn't just, you know, solely Old Testament. This is you. And you've been brought into the kingdom. And sometimes, I'll say this, in modern Christianity, we miss, sometimes we miss the whole notion of what the kingdom is all about. We either put our focus on a heaven that is not yet and don't realize that heaven is also here now. Or we look inwardly and see how can I benefit or how can I be blessed from this? What about my needs and my wants? I remember, I think one of my favorite passages of scripture, I think everybody, every Christian should at least have this one memorized in Matthew six thirty three. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. If you seek his kingdom, and his right ways of living, like seek those things, and then he'll he'll add those things. That, that notion of adding those things is that those things will actually find you. You won't have to go look for them. Being blessed is a matter not a matter of, of going out and getting it. When God blesses you, he brings it to you. Sometimes we think we have to like earn it or do something right in order to be blessed. And that's where we maybe have a hard time, first of all, receiving a blessing, like really, truly receiving an actual blessing from God. It's the notion that you receive a blessing through no effort or work on your own. It's simply just obedience, like seek him and obey him and he will bless you. But the reason that you're blessed and the reason that we are blessed is not so that we can hoard blessings. It's not so we can... Uh, put this up and say, well, look at everything that I have stored up. Jesus gives a parable of a man who did just that. And it's a, it's a really cool, um, it's, it's kind of scary actually, but it's also really cool how the parable goes. It, it goes like this. 
and you can find this in Luke 12. I'm reading it verse 16. It says, And he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. Now, there's nothing wrong with being rich, although <laughs> there's nothing ultimately right about it either. But it depends, I guess, how you measure richness, right? So anyway, he th and he thought within himself, saying, listen to his words here, and I'm going to emphasize certain words, see if you can kind of pick this out. He thought with, within himself, kind of off to a bad start, saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, he's talking to himself, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat and drink and be merry. And the very next words that the Lord says to him in verse number 20 is this. It says, but God said to him, fool. <laughs> like what? Like if God is saying that to you, that's pretty intense. Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Now, being rich towards God does not mean that you just take all of your money and give it to the church and put it in the offering plate and blah, 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 like all that stuff. Don't even get me started there. There are charlatans and thieves and uh, swindlers that are under the, the name of the gospel or the name of the kingdom, which they have no part in it. Okay, got that out of my system. But what this is saying is this. Notice, and, and I obviously added the emphasis, but the emphasis of this, this story is not coincidental. He's talking to himself about himself, and he is completely focused on himself. Consider that for a moment, that the promise of the blessing and the purpose of that promise and the blessing is to bless others. Now, don't get this confused with a, a social gospel. I want to be really clear about something here. Don't get it confused with a social gospel where that's all that we do. We bend over backwards to to do some of these social justice causes. Now, right now, there's probably a little bit of divide, maybe if you're listening. So just hold on. I said, let's see where this goes. Like, don't just, don't just bail on me now. <laughs> what I'm saying is this, is that, like, for example, if you look in the Gospels, when Jesus is feeding multitudes of people, and sometimes we do this, and we run ourselves ragged, we will go broke, and we will be exhausted providing for multitudes of people to be fed. Does that mean we shouldn't do it? No, I'm not saying that. Hold on, just relax. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is this. There's a two-fold part here. What I am saying is this, is number one, when Jesus did it twice, he did it through miraculous provision. And sometimes we don't do it. Oftentimes, I'd probably say like almost like every time, we don't do it through miraculous provision. We do it through our own strength and our own means. Again, does that mean we shouldn't do it? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is 
we can't compare this to what Jesus is really saying, what the true blessings really are. I'll go on to say this also, that when the people were fed and the next day they realized that they were hungry again, it's such an interesting, like if you want to take time and read this in the Gospels, it's so interesting what they do. They So Jesus miraculously provides all of this bread to them and fish, right? Like he divides all of this and it's a miracle. Like it's a legit miracle. He leaves, goes across the sea. They follow him over there and they they said, Jesus, if, if you're really the one, we want you to show us a sign. And it's like, well, what sign do you want? And they said, well, here, here's the sign that we want. Our fathers, when they were in the wilderness, were provided bread miraculously, like manna, right? They were provided bread miraculously. Do you think you could do that? It's like, wait a second. He just did that. Like he just did that. So this notion of kind of giving everything that we have away and living this poor lifestyle um, is not also the notion that's being taught here. Because the blessings of God are, are not in the physical, in the tangible. The blessings of being a part of the kingdom are not physical, tangible blessings. Now, if you find someone that's hungry, if you find someone that's thirsty, if you find someone that's, that's in need of clothing, yes, provide for them. Fine, do that. Fine, but really realize that the whole message here and the blessing of being part of this kingdom is that you are no longer lost you're no longer in this world. You're no longer without hope. That you do have hope. You do have purpose. You do have a meaning in your life. And that everybody else that's still in this world and in the kingdoms of this world, they have no hope. They have no purpose and meaning in their lives. And so really that's what we need to share. That's the blessings, the overwhelming blessings of being a part of the kingdom is that you are liberated and you're free and that you are yourself blessed and that you can share that with somebody else. You can share truth with somebody else. And that when they're confused and they're, because listen, there are so many people that are confused. The message of the kingdom is to bring them out of that darkness and into marvelous light. And you have been blessed just as Abraham was blessed so that you can bless others. We live in a very me-centered world. Everything, everything in our world is centered around consumerism to make you not just the person that like is able to access all of these things, but our world is centered around you, the consumer, actually perfecting the art of being a consumer. We don't just celebrate the things that we have access to. We celebrate the notion of how great people are at being consumers. That's wild. That's so wild. And what's so interesting is that people consume, 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 and they're still so empty. Which is why Jesus speaks to them in John chapter 7. He puts it, uh, the, the author puts it like this. At the last day of that feast, that great feast, at the very last day, he stood up and he says, if anyone's still hungry, if you're still thirsty, you, you come to me. And you drink from a, a well where you will never thirst. It doesn't run dry. You'll never thirst again. That's the blessing of the kingdom.
then you have been blessed beyond probably what we even realize. You have been blessed. So don't conform to this world and be a consumer, but be transformed in your mind that you can actually be that living sacrifice, which is wholly acceptable unto God and our also it's our reasonable service. We have been blessed to bless others. And the art of the blessing is something that has been lost. But I want to challenge you in listening to this. I want to challenge you to go out and be a blessing to somebody else. Be a blessing and share the same thing that God has given you. Share that with somebody else. Like So you have to take a minute and hold back and, and, and step back and look at it. What exactly has God given you? What has he blessed you with? How has he blessed you? And when you can start to take, take note of that, start to, to take record of that. There's a, um, an old song we used to sing. I say that a lot when I preach. Um, and I preach a lot, so there you go. No, but there's a song we used to sing that says, Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. I, I wonder how much value would it be to take five minutes today. Just take five minutes. Um, and, and maybe I should have shortened the podcast up a little bit so you could have a little extra time. But look, maybe just don't go to Facebook or um, Twitter or Instagram after you're done listening to this. And, and in silence, just in silence, take five minutes today to really name, not just to say, oh, yeah, God's been good to me. He's blessed me. Blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Hold on. Time out. Why don't you name what God has done for you? How, ha how has he blessed you? How has he been so good to you and from those things that he has blessed you with you can go bless others you can't talk to somebody about peace unless you have peace you can't talk to somebody about joy unless you have joy you can't talk to somebody about love and convince them of the love of god unless you have that for yourself but if you're a part of the kingdom then since you do have love and joy and peace since you do have those things because God has blessed you with them, it's from that personal testimony and experience that you have yourself that you can share that with somebody else and be a blessing to them. So if you've been blessed, which you have, take that real blessing and share it with somebody else. Thank you for tuning in to the Kingdom is Here podcast hosted by Nathan Kirk. We appreciate the time you took to listen and are looking forward to being with you again next week. Remember your allegiance to the King and His Kingdom. And as always, we hope this was helpful.